Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. The date, May 14th, the year 2020. Former Cavalier Mo Williams hired as the head coach at Alabama State, a program that has not in recent years. Eight wins in three out of the last four seasons. They've never been higher than a 16 seed in the March Madness Tournament. Lewis Jackson gone after 15 years. He submitted his resignation in March. They had Rob Salvery before that for a good decade. One year of John L. Williams before a 13-year run of James Oliver. So Mo Williams joining a program where head coaches have lasted, save for John L. Williams, hoping to see him succeed. Won a title in Cleveland not long ago. So now the fact that he gets to be a head coach, really excited about that. And hope he can thrive. I am Zach Weiss, as always, introducing today's guest. He goes, he is the Twitter account at Clee Fan Report, also known as Ben Corzette, my man. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, man, Ben, absolutely. As we're here on this Thursday morning, hoping to get Cavs basketball back soon. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, look, looking back in your time as a fan, what would you say is your favorite game you've seen in person for the Lands? Uh, my favorite game personally would be uh, back in 2017 when I went to opening night because it was right after uh, Kyrie left us. And uh, it was kind of gruesome seeing the Gordon Hayward injury live, but uh, it was nice seeing a win over Kyrie like at home in his first game back in Cleveland. And Kevin Love hit the big corner three to end it, so it was a real nice game to go to. So you were at the game when Gordon Hayward got hurt five minutes in? Yes. I I remember where I was. I was watching out with several friends. They're all Celt- I was at school in Massachusetts. They're all Celtic fans. Then there's me. Yeah. I, I had I had no words when that. What was the the crowd like when that happened? I can imagine that everyone's soul kind of just came out of their body for a minute or two. That's so hard to process. Yeah, it was literal, just utter shock. Like we were, just, I just couldn't believe it. Like I didn't know what I was witnessing because I've never seen anything like it before, especially in person. It was just surreal. I mean, I imagine, but on a, on a potentially more positive note, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe you have a Gordon Hayward jersey. Hopefully not. I, no, no, never mind that. But <laughs> if you do, you know, I'm, it's still getting value because he's come back in a huge way. But oh yeah. Love what he's done there. What, favorite piece of Cavs memorabilia that you own, whether it's a jersey, a sweatshirt, an autograph? Well, I, I have a lot of jerseys, but I get the most wear on a sweatshirt because I don't really wear the jerseys much other than when I go to the games. But uh, I guess my favorite jersey I own is my LeBron or my Kyrie. Just... I, I can I can see that. You know, I've, I've been lucky. I have I got a Sexton jersey last year. I mm. I've loved having the, uh, the, you know, the, I think it's the alternate, just the big, the black jersey with the stripes and the uh, big red C. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got my Tristan jersey from his second year in the league that still fits me from 2012. <laughs> and my, my personal favorite is probably my Daniel Gibson that I got uh, probably in 2010, which I do still wear actually. So he's the real number one. That is a, that's a real nice one. It's a nice one. But so from there, 
uh, kind of looking at the current roster here, Ben, and plenty of role players with the Cavs from the likes of Alfonso McKinney, you know, Dante Exum, Ante Zizic. But which role players do you expect to not only stick around with the Cavs, with the, the fact that they're under contracts, but also play a role in the rotation next season? Well, obviously, Larry Nance Jr., I think he's a, a starter, a potential starter when Kevin, if Kevin gets traded. Um, so there's him, and then I like Alfonso McKinney's game a lot. I think he's a real nice 3 and D player. Uh, he's a young, like 27. He's not that he's not that much of a veteran. He's only got a few years under his belt. I like his story a lot too. And, and then I like Dante Exum. He's a, if he can get consistent playing time after if he can come back from injuries, I like him on defensively, and I like him. He has upside on offense. And I really love the McKinney story. For those who don't know, he had, I believe he paid he had to. Actually, no, I'm thinking of Jonathan Simmons. I already got my story mixed up before I even started. Jonathan Simmons had to pay $100 to try out for the Spurs G League team before eventually starting for them in the playoffs. But McKinney did not play big college basketball. He went overseas, and then somehow he just he was he had bad luck. He played for the Raptors and the Warriors the year before each team won. Mm-hmm. So he just had bad luck being on the Warriors team yeah, a long yeah. time. I, I heard a story kind of similar to that. That uh, I I thought he did pay to get a tryout in G League too. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Well, I could be reading it wrong. But... Let's see, Alfonso McKinney G League tryout. But either way, I mean, he he brings so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love what he's brought. It's mm-hmm. great, and it's definitely been better than what Pat, I don't know what what happened with Patrick McCaw to uh, last year. But me but neither. <laughs> that man. But I, I loved what McKinney's bar. I think he played at Green Bay is where he played his college ball, a school that many may not have heard of. But hmm. he, he played in Luxembourg in Mexico. Then he tried out for the Bulls and made the team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love what he brings. Anyway, for, so from there, we haven't seen Dylan Windler. He's only the second NBA player in Belmont's history. But shout out to them. Belmont produced Ian Clark, NBA champion. Now they got Windler, who averaged 22 and 11 as a senior. But what do you expect from him when he finally debuts next year, Ben? I think he's going to be a really nice 3 and D guy who is also sneaky athletic. I watched uh, – I was with my buddies, and we were watching the Belmont versus uh, Maryland game, at like I believe it was two years ago in March Madness, and it was his last year playing college basketball. And uh, we had, we knew this guy, Adam Kunkel's on Belmont's team. That's why we were watching it. And uh, he, cause he played a opposing school of ours. So we were watching to see if he'd possibly get in. And then this Dylan Windler guy went off for 30, 30 plus carried Belmont team, almost got that win over Maryland. And then I kind of forgot about him until draft night. I heard his name called for the Cavs. I was surprised, but I really liked the pick cause he, not only can he stroke it, he can he can beat you inside too. I I, I agree with that completely. I, it's great when a guy six 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 seven can rebound well. I think yeah. the Cavs are going to need that. I mean, they have such terrific. And I was, I've talked about this on past shows, but the likes of Nance, Love, Drummond, and Thompson, there won't be any rebounds left for the guards. Yeah. I, Dylan Windler's really solid there. Very rare for a guy of his size. I mean, the only guys at the 6'6 frame that have ever been amazing rebounders have been Dennis Rodman and Dave DeBusher, both obviously Hall of Famers. And I'm not putting Windler in that class, but the fact that he is that size, he can play multiple positions, he can rebound, that's one. And if he can just hit a couple shots, I mean, 
Ben, my issue with the Cavs and small forwards, look at who they've drafted over the years. Sergey Karasov, Luke Jackson, Christian Iyenga, Ira Newble. Four of those guys never did anything in the NBA. No disrespect. Yeah. So there's, other than LeBron, they've never had a small forward they drafted really succeed. Maybe save for Kevin Porter, who's kind of a two guard. But yeah, yeah. So a little pressure on Windler, I think, just for Kevin but I just think it's really yeah. important to get a small forward from the draft that actually produces. They didn't draft Osman. But came to Cleveland a year later, so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll see, but. And from there, you know, you mentioned this earlier. What do you think the team should do with Kevin Love? See, like, I love Kevin. It's nice. It's because he's, oh, it kind of shows that we're in win now, and that's what I wanted. Like, I know we're obviously not in win now, but that's what I really want because just after watching so many playoff runs, it's hard to go back to sucking. But uh, I personally would like to trade him and then maybe a guy like Obi Toppin in the draft. But I don't think we will trade him because I think – I was talking to Chris Fedor. I paid that like $4 a month to be able to talk to right. him, and he was – a. He said that the Cavs – I asked him this exact question like a week ago. And he said the Cavs value him much more than how the NBA values him, the rest of the NBA. And unless the Cavs asking price comes down, that he thinks he's going to be a Cav. And I really do like to hear that. And I agree with his sentiments. You look at what he does on the court, his stats aren't going to wow you at this point. He's averaging 17, 10, and I think 3, mm-hmm. 4 assists. He's not – He's, despite being 6'10", he's really not going to give you rim protection, but that's aside from the point. He spreads the floor. He still throws outlet passes like he's Baker Mayfield <laughs> at no BJ or Jarvis. And I love watching that. I just love, you know, people are going to just harp on his, his issues with Sexton from January. They got, they got past, past it. it. Yeah. Look, man, and you know, you know how it is. We're, any of us in a workplace situation – we, we've all been working on a group project in school. Yeah. We didn't get along with our partners. Maybe we had a little blow up, but it, does, does that mean that we can't coexist and <laughs> make it work? Could we all have to find new, new partners? I, I don't yeah. see why one argument that's clearly been settled both privately mm-hmm. and publicly needs to be an issue. I just think the media loves sometimes to try and paint the picture that a guy who was once revered in Cleveland needs to be disliked because of one argument with a young guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always going to have respect for Kevin Love because he might not have been great, but he was a big part of our championship run and multiple playoff runs. And I've, had, I've played AAU basketball myself in high school, and uh, I've had many frustrations with my teammate. I've yelled at teammates on the court, but we get past him. We're completely fine now. We don't even think about it. It was just completely overblown. 100%. I hope he stays, and – Interestingly enough, something that was brought to my attention after this trade happened is he shares an agent with I Andre saw that. Drummond. Yeah, I, heard, so, I heard about that as well. Do you expect him to opt in for next season, or do you think he'll become a free agent and try and get a long-term deal for the, with the Cavs right away? Uh, I, the only way he opts out is if he has a, longer, a long-term deal on the table. And I, even then, I still think it's highly likely he's going to opt in because no other team's going to pay, pay him 25-plus mil. Like, and maybe work an extension after this year, I could see. Yeah, I, definitely a possibility. It's, it's interesting. When he signed his contract originally, I think it was about $26, 27000000 million a year. That's when those contracts were all the rage. Rudy Gobert got four-year mm-hmm. 100 mil. Giannis Antetokounmpo's last contract, four-year 100 mil. Yeah. So, I think, 
I think it's enough to the table to merit a 28-plus million-a-year contract, which is exactly what he's owed next season if he opts in. Mm-hmm. But I hope he stays. I mean, we only got to see him for eight games, and it stinks. And he, he was hurt a couple of times already in his brief tenure. But, Ben, what I like about Andre, look, he does a little too much ball handling. Yeah, yeah he does. Size. But he's proven himself as a good passer. Mm-hmm. He can still get the ball past half court. And then so you give Colin a little little rest so he can take over in the half court and Darius. But I like what he brings. I just think he's fantastic. He's, he's basically Tristan Thompson, but he can finish in a multitude of ways rather than having to rely on the 10-foot hook shot. So I think he's worth keeping. Yeah, he's just like a super max Tristan Thompson, I think. What really appeals to me about Drummond is uh, his passing game as well. It's, it's very nice to have uh, – center that can open up the floor, especially when Colin Sexton's not the best passer, to add in a big guy like that who can move the ball around, as well as Kevin, they're a nice front court that can move the ball around. And they better not trade him. I bought his jersey right before his first game. I only got to see eight games. Man, hey, that's a good purchase. I'm really hoping that the Cavs, you know, know, my guy, Della Vadova, I really want the team to re-sign him because if they come through and they, they, they Keep him. I'm getting that 18 jersey to join my number eight and my Bucks jersey in the closet. I'll have three. <laughs> You're gonna have to get that. That'd be a nice old trio. Oh, real nice. You know, pair it with the Delhi ones, which I'm lucky to still have. Although I kind of wore them out already. I hooped way too much in them. But <laughs> all right. So we mentioned the other other Aussie, Dante Exum, earlier. So do you think? That he has an opportunity, that he can have a role on with this team on the court next year while everybody else is healthy. I do because at the, I personally wouldn't hate the idea of him starting, um, if next to somebody like Colin, but uh, yeah, I really like him as his upside. Even though he's been in the league for a while, he he still has so much upside because he we haven't got to see him consistently because of injuries. He's a really good on ball defender. I was watching this playoff game a few years back. He was guarding James Harden. He just did a magnificent job on James Harden defensively. So he, I'm, I, I'm, I really like him. I like that trade. It wor- I think it worked out for both uh, the Jazz and the Cavs because the uh, Jazz got an expiring good bench player and uh, Jordan Clarkson, and the Cavs got a really nice uh, upside player. Hundred percent, man. I I loved watching JC in Utah. It's I saw him in person when they played mm-hmm. in the Garden, and it's just really weird seeing him on another team after his time with the Cavs. But I'm happy he's in a winning situation. Above all else, I really like JC. Yeah, like I love. I he, I think he was had a great bond with our young guys too. So it was tough seeing him go, but I think it worked out best for him because it putting him in a winning situation for the prime of his career. Oh, man, no doubt. He's, he's only 27, and he, he played several years in college. A lot of guys with, with his skill set generally don't come out after mm-hmm. they come out after one, two years. But that being said, on Exum, that one game against Minnesota still makes no sense to me. He, he was hitting every <laughs> shot he took. He was looking like Kyrie Irving, man. But outside of that, I haven't seen enough offensive potential. <laughs> The one thing I do like that he does is he does have a great first, a quick first step when he can, when he sees a lane and he's one on one, he can drive in for that layup. I think it would be cool to see him start, Ben. If he's only, he doesn't need to play yeah. a lot. Play him kind of like some team. It's hard to think of examples. There's a few guys, maybe what the Warriors used to do with Bogut, what the Bulls did when they had Boozer and Taj, is you play him for half of the first and third quarter and go from mm-hmm. there. Cause 
they'll have because in that case you're bringing Garland off the bench likely or Jetty or KP whoever's starting and not. I just love his defense to start games, especially against the Harden, yeah. the Beals, the Bookers, because you need a good start. If you can get a good defender on them for that first part of the game, it gives you a chance to get out hot. Yeah, so, um, I if I like to add on that a little bit, like it, that's one part that really appeals to me. If he was to possibly start and but only play a little bit, like just to start the game out instead of our back our backcourt right now is two point guards. So. We're kind of getting abused up there, but uh, he would bring some real consistency on defense to open up games. And he brings good sides. He gave them good minutes at the three if they ever need that. So from the current roster, to from Dante to the other guards. And so ideally, Ben, let's say you're in the position of coach. You're J.B. Bickerstaff. Who are you starting next to Colin Sexton next year? You starting Dante, KP, or Darius? <sighs> Uh, it's such a tough question because there's so many views, different uh, angles you could look at it from. Like, I really I really want to start KPJ. I think he is the hottest upside of any young player on this Cavs team. But then again, we spent the fifth overall pick. Darius Garland, and he showed some flashes. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a huge fan of that pick. I get it. Best player available. But uh, – yeah. I don't know. If I had to pick, I'd say we need to see Kevin Porter Jr. start. My personal opinion is Kevin Porter Jr. needs to be a starter next year for us because he earned it. I think he showed more than Darius did this year, and I think he has more upside than Darius. So I'd like to see KPJ start. But I could see maybe sneaky Exum, but I'm, I, I think it'll really come down to uh, KPJ or Garland, and I like I liked KPJ there. I share those same sentiments. Love what Kevin brings, and he has his he has his off nights. But even when he's when he's off, he has an ability to get mm-hmm. to the rim. He really improved his free shooting as the season he went did. on. I was at the game when the Cavs lost to the Knicks. I think he missed six free throws that night, five or six free throws. And he gets to the rim. He has a great handle on it. He can play one on one. He can run the offense if need be. And I love yeah. Garland overall. I, I do get excited when Darius creates space with a step back three, although I really appreciate more accuracy with that me shot. Me too, me too. But I, I agree, KPJ, and we'll see what they end up doing at the three, if the guy they draft plays there, if they keep Jetty in there. Yeah. I have a feeling that Darius is going to remain as a starter when the decision's actually made, but if it was up to me, and I know if it's up to you, you'd probably pick KPJ. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think it will be Garland just because we spent that – top five pick on him, but I've KPJ is going to have to start at some point if that's moving Garland to the bench or uh, trading away him or Sexton. He'll have to start at some point. And so part two here, do you believe that Look, all three of these guys are young and it stinks that we're even having this conversation, but it does have to be had given the fact that they all kind of do the same things in a sense. Can Darius KP and Colin all stick here for the long term on a team that has tremendous success. Uh, I, I I can't say I think so because Darius and Colin I don't think can be that success. They can be I guess they can get some levels of success together, but I don't think that we're going to be a playoff consistent top playoff team with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland together. I like. I, I'm, I'm a huge Colin Sexton guy, I'm not going to lie, because I've never seen somebody with his – and I think he wants to be in Cleveland, and he's put, he puts everything on the line every night. And I think uh, – I personally like uh, 
Collins Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. as our backcourt of the future. I, I'm hoping that Collins Sexton can improve his passing so we could possibly look into that. But I just don't think the three of them could stick around all long term because uh, all together because I think KPJ is more of a two. I don't think he's that much of a three. He could, but I think he will be a two and I like Colin at our one. And we'll see what ends up ultimately happening. Just examples of a few high, higher pick point guards that started as a rookie and then kind of fell off in different roles. Michael Carter-Williams was a starter in Philly, had a great rookie mm-hmm. year. Dennis Smith Jr. in Dallas, he was really good just a few short years ago. I really don't know what happened to him so quickly or what happened in Dallas, but he has turned into a third-string point guard with the I Knicks. I know. That – that's really confused me, but those two guys both started as rookies and kind of fell off. I mean, there aren't a ton of examples. I'd love to see Darius Garland become a Dennis Schroeder type where he can play those 25 to 30 mm-hmm. minutes. He doesn't have to start. Mm-hmm. He, can, he can give you offense. He can hit shots down the stretch. He doesn't have to close, but he usually does. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And But on another note, you know, there are plenty of stellar guards in this draft. The top point guards, the likes of Cole Anthony, and LaMelo Ball, is there any chance you could see the Cavs drafting a guard, Ben, that jumps in and takes a starting spot from one of the guys we mentioned? Or We're going to talk about the draft after this, so just uh, keep it to this part. But what do you think? Uh, I want to say no, but I think we probably will draft a guard. If, if I had to guess, I think we probably will draft a guard based on Kobe Altman's last few drafts and the top players of the draft in this current draft, most of them are guards besides like two players, two to three players. So, but I really think that there's a chance we draft a guard. And now we're going to take this to the next step onto the NBA draft itself. All right, Ben, let's say party in Cleveland, the Cavs win another draft lottery. I don't know how they always do it, but they just did it again in our hypothetical. So congrats to them. Uh-huh. Shout out to Kobe, who I don't, I don't know if he would have been representing the Cavs that night, but I mean, they've, they've had good luck, you know, with, with Dan Gilbert's son, with David Griffin. They, they, someone always shows up and helps to win the lottery. I don't know what it is. No, it's not rigged. I, I do not believe it is rigged. We're just lucky. <laughs> but. All right, so the Cavs won the lottery. Yippee. It's better than the 0-16 parade. That's for sure. But Cavs win the lottery. Who do you want them to take? The whole board is open. Hmm. Man. I, me personally, if I was – if we didn't have so many freaking point guards, I would take – or guards itself, I would take LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. I think – Anthony Edwards is that those are the two best players in the draft. And I'm really intrigued by LaMelo ball. It'd especially be nice to have a point guard with some real size. And, but uh, I think if I was the general manager with our current roster, I'm taking um, Denny Avdija. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Or Obi Toppin is who I'm taking because I've I've seen some mocks that have Denny going one. It, it just it varies by team because there's so many there's such a wide range of possibilities for who could go number one. There's like six guys that could all possibly potentially go number one. It just depends. It's going to be a very intriguing top top fourteen till they clear the lottery and even after mm-hmm. that. I'm just so curious, and I don't look. I I haven't watched any of Denny Avija, but there's so many guys that come from Europe averaging four points a game. Denny Avija played. 
15 minutes a night this year, averaged four points and two rebounds. I, look, he's probably a great player. I don't understand, but I don't understand how the hype builds so high on guys that don't have yeah. any statistics. It's, I, I think it's just like the, some stuff that popped out on film is he's really athletic as well and can hit down the open three. But I can, I completely agree with you. If we did not have so many guards and Kevin Love on our roster, I would be taking somebody else. But I don't want to see Chetty Osmond starting again next year. I, I, I like Chetty. He's a great guy, uh, solid role player. I just don't think he's a starter caliber player. No, I think Jetty can be a clear sixth man next mm-hmm. year. When he when he's hot, he's hot, and mm-hmm. I do like what he brings in the defensive end. So a lot of uh, people are going to look at him and Collins somehow having the worst defensive rating in the league last year. I think they've both really improved from that. And on another note, I still want Edwards. Edwards is my guy. Edwards, yeah. The, due to the fact, look, he's he's not the tallest. He's not he's not the the bulkiest, but he's six five. He can play the two or the mm-hmm. three. If you want to start him at the two, you can put KP back at the three. With Jetty's coming off the bench with Darius, that, that's already solved. Love what he brings as a scorer. And while he shot under 30% from three, I'm, I'm on a podcast I did with a friend last night. It's, it, we're not comparing him to Luka, but Luka, people say that he is one of the best shooters in the league. He shoots 31% from three, however, but he takes nine a game. Mm-hmm. So it's about volume combined with efficiency. Anthony Edwards is going to shoot a lot of threes. He's going to give you a lot of production. And what the Cavs have always lacked is guys that can create their own shot outside of their stars. When they have LeBron and Kyrie, you give it to JR, he'll dribble a couple times, take a three. I mean, Jordan Clarkson couldn't do it. He could not create his own shot while LeBron was there. Mm. Same with Rodney Hood, despite being known for that. Mm. So you get a guy like Edwards that can, he can score from anywhere, I think you're getting your stud. So that takes us to part two. Who do you think they should avoid in the same scenario? Um, there are two big guys that I really do not want, and that is uh, James Wiseman and Anika Okongwu from USC. I see a lot of mocks that have Anika going to the Cavs at, like, pick six or, or seven if we fall that right. late. And I just really want to avoid them. I, I, I'm not that big on Anika, and uh, we got Drummond – and we could re-sign Thompson. I'd rather just re-sign Thompson or keep Drummond instead of and draft somebody else than signs than draft somebody like Wiseman or Anika. And Akongu played at the famed Chino Hills, where fellow draftee yeah. Lamelo dropped ninety-three once upon a time. But he was a, he had a he had a good year overall. He doesn't shoot the three. He only he t- was one for four on the year. He averaged sixteen nine. Three blocks, so he's kind of like a, a Jaron Jackson without the three ball. He had a good year. I agree with Wiseman. I'd, I'd be okay with him being picked, although that obviously depends on Tristan. Mm-hmm. And if Dre is coming back and we expect him to re-sign after next season, there's no reason to draft a big that high. I think you might be able to get a good one Agreed. later in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use your second-round picks to move in. Like, they didn't draft KP last year. They traded for yeah. him, remember. So they got that extra pick from Utah. When they traded Clarkson, they got a couple second rounders. They could trade a future and a current if they want to move up, mm. and we'll see. But, yeah, I, I agree. I'd be okay with the Kongu, too, but I would say probably avoid. I say avoid Cole Anthony. Hey, you're going to drop the guard. Just get LaMelo. And if you really want Cole Anthony, his father is an NBA great. He's obviously still a very good broadcaster in Greg Anthony. So, I mean, he's got the pedigree, but not someone you want to take if you already have the guards you have because he's not going to come in and wow you more than what you already have. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And now, 
this is always a hypothetical, and this could include Kev. It could include trading Dre, which I doubt because they traded expiring contracts to bring him in. But any huge Cavs trades you might expect to go down on draft night that would really kind of change what they're doing. The only thing I could see, I, I don't think it's likely. I really don't. But uh, it would be, it would make an exciting night. But I think the, if there was a trade, it would be a Kevin Love trade or a possible trade up. Like that's the, or yeah, those are the only two scenarios. But I do think it's highly unlikely. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's so, I'm so conflicted with Kevin Love. There's, and it, it, it can go both ways. Same with Tristan. Somehow, and I, I don't know how, but he, he came out this year with such a vengeance, and he actually looks like an all-star for the first month and a half of yeah. the year. And we expected he was going to come back to Earth, so my feelings were conflicted on both of them if I really thought they should trade them to get more assets. Mm-hmm. But then you think, when you're a team that's rebuilding, you need guys that can contribute while you know, you're not going to win every night. You're going to take a lot of losses yeah. that have been there, that have won. Mm-hmm. And that's what both of them bring. So yeah. the only reason you would trade them, obviously you didn't trade Tristan or Kev, but you trade them to bring in someone that can continue to help you win while you grow. And I just yeah. think that both of those guys do that. So Love mm-hmm. is the only guy I can see getting traded. I could also see a scenario where they keep Drummond and Tristan. They give Thompson a one-year deal. Mm. He comes in as the backup. And Drummond won't play 82 games. I, I think he'll have to miss a few from time to time, however many they play. Mm-hmm. Thompson will get his starts. And if he's having a good year, contender comes calling, says, oh, we'll, we'll take him for the mm-hmm. year. Get a nice draft yeah. pick. Get maybe another young guy. You never know. Yeah, I never really. Well, that's actually a really good point because Drummond will not stay healthy all 82. And, he, and Tristan, you know what you're getting to him. If a, if a midseason injury happens with another team, they send us a late first. I, that, that's a great look at it. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Nevertheless, I hope to see that jersey in the rafters. Uh, he's not the flashiest, but he's always worked his tail off on the board. Yeah. No one gets offensive rebounds for a guy of his size in the current NBA than than Tristan. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, 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 I'm right with you. I think his name will be floating in the rafters. It's funny because I wrote an article about that. <laughs> And, and I'm sure, yeah, it's uh, definitely have to check that out after and see see the points we share. Yeah. But man, absolutely. And so now we've talked about the draft, we talk about the future and the rosters. Let's talk about some favorites. So, Ben, in the time you've been a fan, let's hear your all time favorite Cavs starting five. Well, if I'm going all time, I'm including players I've never seen. Just uh, my dad was a huge fan back in the day. Uh, yeah, I Mark Price would be my point guard. He's obviously the probably the best point guard in Cavs basketball history, but I just that shot that Kyrie Irving made in Game Seven. Oh man, that that just that makes me put him at number one. I'm putting Irving at one. He was my favorite player in the NBA when he was with the Cavs. Then I'm taking yep. Austin Carr. Not only is he was he a great player, I think he came out and scored was averaging like tw- over twenty in his first three seasons. Then had some injury. Yeah, he was fantastic. Right yeah, off had some that. injury yep. issues. But and not only that, he's a great guy. Just listening to him every night cover the Cavs, it's, it's a true pleasure. And then I like, of course, LeBron at the three, and then Larry Nance at the four. I would have loved to see him play. And uh, Brad Dottery, senior, right? Yeah, yeah, senior. Okay. And I man, I had a chance to meet AC at a game earlier this year, and honestly, he was the nicest guy. Really? I, he's exactly what you'd expect. <laughs> I mean. 
I do miss. I feel I don't think he has the mustache anymore. I really do miss <laughs> the mustache. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah. he's just such. Uh, you get such good vibes when you're talking yeah. to him. He's so positive. He's been around the team for so long, mm-hmm. and I just love. If I, I was picking an all-time Cavs team, I'm picking an all-time favorite broadcasting team. He'd be either the color analyst or co-color analyst on my broadcast. Yeah, and I love. I love his – I mean, look, people – not every broadcaster is perfect in the eyes of every fan, mm-hmm. but I just think he's got great energy. And, man, his – not too many color announcers have go-to trademarks. And I just yeah. love all of his, man. Whenever shot, whenever there's a putback, I got your back. It's one of one uh-huh. of many, you know, deep in the deep in the rock, deep in the queue, and deep in the guns arena back <laughs> in the day. But, no, uh, I'm picking my favorite. I'm I'm having a two point guard backcourt of Delhi and Kyrie, and on Mark Price would sub in probably after a minute for either one of them. <laughs> I love. I just I have and uh, uh, my appreciation of Dalvadova is just too high to ever put anyone else in over him as a starter. And considering how much he actually has done on the court over the years, LeBron's probably going to play the four in my lineup. Honestly. Uh, and then at the five, I probably go Big Z. Loved his game. I, I never met him, but have a through a, he did wave at me at, a, at LeBron's twenty third birthday game in two thousand eight in Miami. Yelled his name. We got the wave during warmups. And that was good enough for me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. He's a great guy. And there's small four. You know what? No, we're gonna keep LeBron. No, we're gonna go LeBron at the four. And I might honestly go Larry Hughes at the three. <laughs> and I know I'm missing. A, I'm missing a lot of guys here. But I really enjoyed what he brought. And while he was never fully healthy as a Cav, his ability to score, he was a good uh, co-host or co-star with LeBron for a few years. Mm-hmm. And my fondest Cavs memories outside of the second era were all in LeBron's fourth, fifth, sixth yeah. year, the finals run. So mm-hmm. that's my lineup. Kyrie, Deli, Hughes, LeBron, and Big Z. So many honorable mentions. But we're going to hold that. And now – you have to pick your Cavs starting lineup among the five best players. Now, this is always a hard one, but who are you putting in as starters for the best lineup? Hmm. I'm probably going uh, – hmm, let me think here. I'm going Mark Price. Yep. Probably Austin Carr again. And then LeBron. And, uh, man – Kevin Love, uh, I'm still going to stick with Larry Nance Sr. And then, I'm, okay. and then I'm going Big Z as well. I'd probably stick Darty in at center. Just, Big Z was a two-time All-Star. Yeah. Did get in, and he did start an All-Star game alongside MJ, which many people will forget. Mm-hmm. And Larry, he was also started real games, regular season alongside MJ. So the Cavs literally had the MJ connection working for them yeah. in the 2000s, but I, I might go at two-point guard backcourt of Kyrie and Price. I think it would work. I think Mark Price can cover a lot of two guards. I mean, he there's not much. If Mark Price was playing in this era, I'd imagine him as a guy that hits 3,000 threes in a full-length 15, 16-year career. Yeah. So I go two of them in the backcourt. LeBron's playing the three. I think I go Kev at the four and then Brad at the five. Honorable mentions all around. I mean, if I had some fantastic – I think Colin Sexton is going to end up de- making his way to debates for that point guard yeah. spot seven, eight years from now. He'll probably never get it unless he's averaging 30. Yeah. But, you know, there's plenty of guys to, to throw out. We'll do that. And now, closing out today, 
Let's do a quick little comparison between your favorite players, who you think is better. So we got five here. You pick an Anderson Verjao or Tristan Thompson? Uh, man, maybe my answer would be different, but I have to go Tristan Thompson. It could be different, though, if Verjao doesn't go to the Warriors. I that, that just part stings, so I'm going Thompson there. Uh, I still can't believe that's real life. And we, the Cavs did trade him to Portland, uh, to be fair, but I mean, it's up to him. I still wish he didn't. Yeah. The, he's literally with the Cavs from 2004 until 2015. Yeah. And he was the one year the Cavs beat the Warriors. He's on the other he's side. On the Warriors. He's them so unlucky. He was the only Cavs holdover from the first championship in 07 that stayed the whole time. So to see him not win, it, I'm happy. They, I'm, I'm so happy they got there. And I just feel for Andy. But I I would probably pick him. I think Tristan proved more valuable when they really needed him to be. I just think about Vergeau's ability as a rebounder when he was in it. He averaged 14 a game for a 29-game stretch for getting hurt when LeBron's years out. He doesn't suffer all those injuries. I could see him being a regular double-double guy. Potentially, them not even, they may never bring in Mozgov if Andy stays healthy. So, that happens. You never know. I mean, Mozgov was great for the Cavs when they needed him to be in that first finals run before sizing down the next year. But, no, I love what Andy brought, so I give him a slight edge over Tristan. And, all right, so number two, Deion Waiters or J.R. Smith? Still there, Ben? All right, back after that quick little technical error. So I'm ben, sorry about that. No, no, please. Hey, you know what? We're, we're glad that we have the the technical capabilities to record how, uh, this with two people in different places, especially in yeah. times like this. So, I mean, shout out to Tech, first off. No yeah. problem, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so next, Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith? <laughs> I'm going Jr. because once again he showed up huge in that game seven right after halftime uh, ended to open up the third quarter, hitting like three straight threes. And plus, I just the way it ended with Jr. does suck. But I was never the biggest Dion fan, so I'm going Jr. here. In terms of clutch shooting, I probably picked Dion. I remember all of his game winners. He only mm-hmm. had one with the Cavs, but it's a shot against Detroit to cap a 20-point comeback. So that mm-hmm. that resonates well with me. I, I go JR too. It's pretty mm-hmm. close though. I look, he made one mistake in a finals game, and it's the same thing with the Kevin Love Colin thing. He made a I mean, it was, this was a bad yeah. stage. And it became a and I'm sure he still sees it every day, but Mistakes happen. I mean, there's so much pressure on him. It's a road game. You're playing the best team in the world. And yeah, he messed up. You know, I don't – who knows if he would have scored, if they would have gotten a bucket had they had yeah. the possession. So, George Hill could have made his free throw. But, man, I love JR as a shooter. I love what he brought. I feel like his, the first time in his career that he was known as a good defender was his time with the Cavs. People just thought of him as a yeah. scorer. Oh, if Shumpert never gets hurt, right? JR came over with Iman. I thought JR was going to be the yeah. best man, but Shumpert's hurt. JR starts and yeah, rest right. history. Shumpert kind of missed out for being hurt. That's the theme of the, the of his tenure. He was hurt too much, and JR got more mm-hmm. minutes. But yeah. All right. This one's probably easy, but it might be harder. And Anton Jameson or Kevin Love? 
Man, Anton was so talented, but I'm shaking Kevin Love here. Like, yeah, I think Kevin Love is the better all-around player, too. Yeah, I think uh, Jameis had a nice little Cavs he run, did. and he did play play two more years, one with each L.A. franchise. Mm-hmm. And I, I go Cavs. It's brought more to the yeah. Cavs. He stayed through the rumors, through the ups, the downs, the hardships. So I, I take him, and if – Jamison never wanted a role in Cleveland in a teacher, whether it's as a scout, as an assistant, I'd welcome him. The Cavs got plenty of former players, including the likes, you know, of James Posey on that yeah. staff. So always, always happy to have a veteran. And even one that the Cavs didn't treat so well by destroying him in the playoffs in DC three years in a row. <laughs> but, but all right, next up, JJ Hickson or Timofey Mozgov. Mm. See, I didn't really watch that much of Hickson. I I haven't seen – I've seen little to nothing of Hickson, but I do remember I was on YouTube like when I was younger, and I was looking at this one block he had. I forget. Maybe it was on Blake Griffin. It might have been. And it was insane. But I, I, I got to take Timothy here just because uh, I've never really seen J.J. play that much. I'm actually I'm watching this block right now. All right, so Griffin kicks it out to the three point line, and Griffin gets it back. He's posting Hickson. Ooh, I know. <laughs> man, I know. no, that is. And then on the other end, Mo Williams hits a three, so that's a five point swing yeah. right there. And that I think, I feel like that was the game where the Cavs snapped like a twenty something game losing streak. Oh, really? As well, they were. This was the probably the, the worst part of Cavs basketball. They traded Mo Williams shortly after yes. to the Clippers, which ended up getting Kyrie to the city. But no, I I might actually go JJ. I like what Timofey brought. Mm-hmm. I also just felt like after his first year, he didn't add too much to the table. I agree. And Hickson was probably overvalued. From what I read, they didn't trade for Amari that year, and they got Jamison instead, or the year a couple of years prior, because they believed in Hickson's potential. Mm. So that is obviously a blunder on the part of the front yeah. office. But JJ was solid; gave you the double doubles. He was, the Cavs didn't have too many successful draft picks in LeBron's era either. Year, either tenure and eleven—that's eleven drafts. Yeah. So yikes! But Hickson was solid. He had his moments and. Did have some good games with Portland and Sacramento in the years that followed. He's still young, obviously, out of the league. But he also hasn't tweeted in eight years, which surprised me. I saw that (laughs) yesterday. That's an interesting stat. Yeah, you know, some of the guys were on, like Ray Allen used to be on Twitter. You look at his tweets, and they're like, it's kind of like when the Chargers, like, I'm hungry, let's go to PF Games. (laughs) It's like those kind of tweets all back then, and they didn't stick around to the present day. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, and all right, last one here: Shump or RJ? Ooh, mm. that is a really tough one. But I'm going Shumpert because I just feel like he was the better player. He came here when he was younger than RJ did, but RJ did do so much, and he was just such a great role player. He was the definition of a a very good role player on the Cavs championship runs. But I have to go Shumpert. I just like his defense. I feel like he played pretty solid D when he lined up against Curry, just like DeAndre Liggins did. But I, I really liked uh, Shumpert. I agree with that. And, you know, whether or not Shumpert had the Marge Simpson on his on his head or if he just had the buzz cut. He was, <laughs> yeah. He was a good hooper. And, you know, his, his shot was always inconsistent. I, I don't think he ever scored 30 in an NBA game. Yeah, that is true. 
when he was playing with the Knicks, he kind of altered between positions, but he got the good experience playing against LeBron's Heat. So then when he came in, he had he played against great teams, so it helped yeah. him out a lot. Brings a lot in the defensive end. And I liked RJ. I think he's a fantastic broadcaster and social media personality post-career. And, you know, I think I got to listen to Road Trippin' more because I'd love to hear him and Channing just, uh-huh. just shoot it around. But, yeah, I go I go Shump as well. And they're they're both solid. They both gave their, their contributions. They both, they're both of their jersey numbers ended in four. Yeah. But, you know. That's true. <laughs> All right, Ben, big shout-out to you. You can catch him at Klee Fan Report on Twitter. Yeah, it's great having you on today. Well, thank you very much. You made it an awesome transition. It's my first time being on a podcast. So thank you for having me. Uh, you know what? If you if, if you told me this beforehand or after the fact, my I would still have no idea that that was a true sentiment. I'll say that. <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. Absolutely. So that is Ben Korzep. I am Zach Weiss. We'll-